Feel the magic in the air. I love it in my all air. I feel the magic in the air. I love it in my all air. Feel the magic in the Hello and welcome to the Burst Ball World Cup podcast. This is episode 209. We are going to re- review the tournament itself, the final, the memorable moments, and all of our favourite things that happened during the tournament. To do this, I'm just joined by Ryan Crombie. Uh, hello, Tom. You're only mm. needed to be joined by me um, to make this a fantastic podcast. Mm. I'll let the viewers decide. The viewers? Christ, is a bad start already, the listeners. Oh Staring at the still image on the soundcloud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, they have worse things to do. Transfixed. <laughs> I think without further ado, you know, and on that note, we shall start the final. <sighs> what did you make of it, Ryan? Uh, I have to say it was one of the best finals that I've ever watched. Mm. Um, more so because it wasn't 1-0. Mm. Ever? Uh, like, any final? Oh, no, just no. the World I mean, Cup. What a World Cup final, yeah. All right, okay. Have you seen many? <laughs> uh, well, two. Right, okay. I remember. High praise indeed. <laughs> uh, well, aye, it was better than those two. Um, yeah. I think just because it had a bit of everything, um, especially the the VR controversy. Um, mm-hmm. It was a, a first for the tournament. Uh, I think a lot of people would be wondering if we would have had a, a VR decision in. Oh, boy, did we have one. Mm. Was it uh, a penalty? No, no I, I don't understand how that's a debate, to be honest. I don't mm. even know how he gave it in the first place. I mean, I think the fact that he's... The, when he, I mean, we'll come on to it probably, but how he ran to go give it and then ran back to the screen just to make mm-hmm. sure um, kind of says that he wasn't 100% sure himself. Um, but no, I, in general, fantastic game. Uh, and I think France are sort of worthy winners over the, the course of the tournament, in my mm. eyes. I think so. Never, with the exception of Argentina, did they really set it set it alight? Um, I suppose yes. they didn't really need to. Uh, I would I would say they did. Yeah, mm. I mean, beat Uruguay comfortably, yeah. who were a really good side. Um, sort of came through a tough group, finished top of that. Mm. Um, obviously swept aside Argentina. Mm. Um, good semi-final performance against Belgium mm-hmm. um, and uh, to be honest I think they're the most complete team um, yeah. at the at the tournament because you have everyone complaining about that they didn't play the best football at the tournament yeah. but everyone everyone who usually does play the best football at the tournament was rubbish um, mm-hmm. I mean Spain Argentina uh, Germany, Germany all, all pretty rotten tournaments um, and I think mm-hmm. I, uh, I think France were were the winners in my eyes and any, I think they scored the joint most goals um, or something like that in the entire history of the tournament um, of a team going on to win it. So, yeah, I think I think they deserve to mm. to win the thing, in my eyes anyway. Yeah. Do you disagree, however? No, I don't think they don't deserve to win it. I just think maybe years gone by, particularly the last two, the last two are the only ones I can really speak with any sort of confidence. Um, the two teams that have won it, Spain and Germany, have been 
probably far and away the best teams. I know Germany struggled a wee bit um, last in 2014, but you could still sort of tell that they were the best team. And I think the semi-final performance against Brazil sort of showed that. Whereas I think, with the exception of a very, very poor Argentina side, they've, all, they've always been the best team, but haven't really stamped their authority too much on it. Mm. I just think they never looked in trouble, ever. Mm. Which yeah, is pre- mm. pretty impressive given how um, giants toppled at every corner in this mm-hmm. tournament. Yeah, I suppose. And they've probably had the majority of the players that have been in the discussion for best player at the tournament. Hugh Lloris, one of them. Paul Pogba, even. Kylian Mbappe's been the sort of main light. And Antoine Griezmann came alive as the tournament grew older. Um, so I think from that respect, it's probably fair. But one player who was who was given the best player, Luka Modric, he was on the losing side. Do you say it's probably fair that he got best player, Ryan? Uh, I have noted down here as mm. best player, um, purely because I think he doesn't have the players around him that Pogba or Mbappe have in, in the French team. And kind of, I mean, it was a close call between him and Rakitic, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I think both of them were worthy of the award. Just the fact that he and Rakitic sort of almost pulled that Croatia team through to the, the final um, mm. over different games. I mean, look at his performance against... I mean, again, it, it was a poor Argentina, but you have to go and win them um, in a stunning goal. And they just played Argentina off the park in the was it the, the quarterfinals, the last 16. Mm. Um, aye. So I think just the fact that he managed to get... Um, a team of Croatia stature to World Cup groups, final. It was the groups they played against Argentina. Ah, sorry, aye. Um, aye, the fact that he managed to get um, Croatia to World Cup final was um, mm. testament to how good a player he is. Mm. Yeah, I suppose that's probably fair. We'll just skip a wee bit ahead here because we've got a sort of section as this on this podcast of our best moments, best players, etc. But my best player, Paul Pogba, I thought it was a real coming of age. 2014 has probably been uh, when he was at the World Cup. He got Young Player of the Year, I think. I'm right in saying, um, and he he showed signs of what he can do, and he's done that. He was obviously brilliant at Juventus, um, in a system that really suited him. Uh, whereas at Man United, he's maybe not been given the same sort of assurance as by Mourinho, and I've seen it at France when you've got players like Kanté and Matuidi willing to sacrifice themselves, and even Pogba sacrifices some of his uh, attacking ability. And you just saw what you can produce. Um, and I think for me, he probably was the best player. It's quite hard. I It was between, like, how you were between Rakitic and Modric, I was between Pogba and Mbappe, because I thought Mbappe was stunning at times. Um, yeah. So, so much like what he's like at PSG and Monaco last season, or the season before last now, I suppose it is. Um, just so exciting. I really, really hope he doesn't suffer like Ronaldo did uh, with injuries, because it'd just be... He's just such a joy to watch. Yeah, well, I think I, I actually seen something the other day. He's um, got triple the amount of trophies and almost 50 more goals than Ronaldo and Messi mm-hmm. did at the same age. Jeez. So if he continues on his um, upward yeah. progression spiral, then who, who, God knows where he'll be um, in 10 years, never mind at the minute where he's setting the world alight. Mm-hmm. And I think just to point out, I think, 
it was a bit of a no-brainer from the tournament uh, mm-hmm. officials to give him the Young Player of the Year award. Yeah. I asked, I can't remember which podcast, but I asked in one of these World Cup podcast specials um, if he could win a Ballon d'Or, and I think the question's now changed to how many will he win? None. None. <laughs> <laughs> nah, uh, I don't know. Um, well, I mean, it's probably just a case of a matter of time, um, isn't it? Yeah, uh, and then when he gets that first one, uh, I don't really see anyone else coming through at the sort of similar age that would mm. be able to compete with him as well. Essential, so maybe a little bit older, but mm, it could uh, go from the duopoly of football that is Ronaldo and Messi mm. to a one-man show in the Mbappe mm. in the years to come. I suppose he's got a complete bell end of a teammate to compete with, uh, Neymar. <laughs> Deary me. Well. The fact that um, Neymar is in the, the shadow of Mbappe's presence, I think, says it all for his tournament. It's quite good, though, isn't it? Because, as I ah, said earlier, he is a bellend. Ah, Neymar's just a, a diving cunt. Mm-hmm. Whereas, yeah, whereas you get the impression with Mbappe, he just seems like quite a nice guy. Ah, well, there was, a, there was quite a few occasions where Mbappe, um, especially in the, in the final, I noticed that he was determined just to get on the end of the ball. Um, quite a few occasions where he quite could easily have gone down mm-hmm. looking for a foul, rolled around a few times as we have seen Neymar do um, mm-hmm. but no, he just hurdles the challenges um, and it was quite refreshing to see, to be honest mm-hmm. that sort of player from the continent shall we say mm-hmm. um, sort of breaking that stereotype of diving around and playing for fouls and all that kind of thing um, so long may it continue um, and let's just hope he stays as far away from Neymar at PSG mm. as possible as not mm. to pick up any of his habits yeah I suppose at the minute they're on separate wings so yeah fingers crossed that stays literally and metaphorically <laughs> uh, Croatia did your heart break a wee bit I know Johnny Clarks did because he's a big Croatian fan did yeah yours? a big hipster fan yeah um, big cool guy really <laughs> well in his eyes anyway mm-hmm. uh, I, I did to be honest it was tough to watch um, sort of Modric at the end sort mm-hmm. of have to accept his player of the tournament award uh-huh. with sort of tears in his eyes uh, yeah my heart does kind of go out to Modric um, although it is tough to feel for him after he's just won the Champions League uh, mm-hmm. literally a few months ago but nah but still just the whole sort of thing of Croatia getting to the final as well Um I'm always a big fan of the underdogs um, and I mean they certainly they didn't expect to beat France but I think mm. the way they played in the final um, I would say they probably shaded the play and they'll ultimately be disappointed that they're not um, mm. going home with football um, shall we say <laughs> but I just the Croatian fans as well in the final absolutely amazing um, and I, I just, I am gutted for them to be honest, because mm-hmm. it's um, just the whole story. It kind of comes to a point um, with sort of Croatia's golden generation, as they've dubbed it, uh, mm-hmm. and we just know that, well, Rakitic and Modric, well, half that Croatian team won't be back, mm-hmm. um, and it'll be a completely different look Croatia side that'll be at the next World Cup. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of a last chance at something big, and I mean. In essence, I think the the glory for them was all on about the journey to the World Cup final rather than winning it itself. Uh, and I think, as you've seen from the reaction, even their um, 
the group of players reaction at the end when they got that massive team photo mm-hmm. uh, I think they can all be extremely pleased of what they've achieved mm-hmm. Yeah you mentioned something coming home there one thing that isn't coming home is football to England which is the self-proclaimed home of football Yeah it isn't really is it but um, what do you make of their performance? Ah well they were never going to win it were they? Nah. As I wipe the sweat from my brow um, <laughs> <laughs> to, to be honest I think that in the cold, well, I mean, this might seem a bit biased, but in the cold light of day, um, they beat Tunisia, Panama, and Sweden in ninety minutes. Uh, yeah. Edged past a Colombian side without. Um, Hammers. Hammers, yeah. Um, so, would you say they got further than they were expected to looking at their opponents? I think if you'd said at the start, if it had been easier to define if you what the two halves of the draw would have been, because obviously when you got the groups it was clearly the easier side of the draw, but that was because big teams failed to perform, yeah, um, namely Germany, uh, and the way it worked they probably were only gonna have to play Spain before a semi final, and in the end they didn't at all, no, um, but I think if you said to them before, uh, this this they started the tournament that they would get to a semi-final and come very close to getting to the final you'd imagine they'd probably take it but given the coverage they're so arrogant they're so unbelievably arrogant some of them I don't yeah. think they would have well actually according to Gary Lineker that um, mm-hmm. it was all just a big joke that football mm-hmm. was coming home because yeah. of their long self-suffering um, so Gary if you're listening you're talking utter tosh yeah uh, absolute nonsense mm-hmm. <laughs> And I think they did get slightly carried away, and I think there's almost the issue that they aren't actually very good against better opposition, mm-hmm. um, and they now have this mindset of that they have an amazing platform to build on um, without mm-hmm. this amazing young squad. I mean, which is true to an extent, but they need they didn't really they got to a semi final, yes, as I said, but they beat teams they should be beaten to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, and good to see they're all getting extremely excited over mm-hmm. Harry Kane getting the Golden Boot Award, which mm-hmm. is basically five goals against Tunisia and Panama. Yeah. Um, I think there's a case to be uh, sort of put forward that England can call themselves flat track bullies, um, mm-hmm. sort of destroy the destroy the teams they're expected to. Mm-hmm. Um, but as soon as they come up against somebody decent, they kind of fold in on themselves. And mm-hmm. I think we've seen that sort of come good. Well, come to fruition against Croatia, who mm-hmm. thankfully, shall we say, put them to the sword. Yeah. Um, one thing I will give them credit for is I do quite like Gareth Southgate, and I think he did maybe not quite develop a system, it's not quite groundbreak- as groundbreaking as some have made it out, um, but it was a system that probably did get the absolute maximum out of the players. I don't think reasonably could have expected with that squad to have got much further. Or played much better, I don't think, given the lack of creativity in it. No, um, I mean, in fairness, Gareth Southgate does seem like a good a good person, to mm-hmm. be honest. Um, kind of the exact opposite of what he, the English media are all about. Um, mm-hmm. And I think he kind of struggled as soon as the the English media kind of took hold of this. It's coming home thing. Yeah. Seemed to be really enjoying the tournament at the start, um, being labelled as kind of underdogs in the grand mm-hmm. scheme of things. But I don't know. He almost seemed to 
become a bit found out tactically as the tournament went on. Um, mm-hmm. You say he had a good system, but against Croatia, he, he just kind of deployed the system he deployed at the start of the tournament um, mm-hmm. and didn't change it when things were, were going badly mm-hmm. and just kind of allowed Croatia to eventually run over the top of them. Um, so, but I mean, yeah, I mean, fair point that um, he ultimately did get them to a semi final. Mm-hmm. Um, but my message would be just to don't get your ahead of yourselves. But then we know that they all love to do that. So mm-hmm. yeah. So do do you make them one of the favourites for this Euro twenty twenty that's all over Europe and in Scotland? No. I do not. I think this was England's best ever chance at another World Cup. I don't think um, everything's going to align as they did ever again in such a way. You're never going to get the likes um, of the draw they've had. Um, and all the, all the big teams, I mean, they say that um, England will be back. But, I mean, so will Germany, so mm-hmm. will Spain. Um, they're not just going to become worse and worse. Mm-hmm. They're, they're always going to be at the, the top end of the footballing world and I don't see that changing um, mm-hmm. I mean Euro 2020 you'd, you'd probably put it as France because they think they have mm-hmm. unbelievably a younger squad than England somehow yeah. uh, so can't really look past France will mm-hmm. they do a, a double like Spain um, done mm. years previous perhaps mm. how do you? I don't don't think you can make them one of the favourites particularly given all the four semi-finalists were European, I think 2020 will probably be the peak uh, for do th- Belgium. Do you think? Do you think all four sides at Euro 2020 will be European in the semi final? <laughs> I don't know. At this rate, they probably can invite <laughs> an Australian. Aye, Eurovision style. Mm-hmm. A 64 man European. <laughs> 64 man, 64 team, even. Um, but I think by then, I think you'll probably see a peak in the Belgium team. I think Courtois, Hazard will probably be at a very club in Chelsea, which is, I'm not saying Chelsea are small, but I imagine they'll probably both be in Spain somewhere. Um, two, they're probably their two best players. Uh, mm. Beata probably won't be in the team. I'm not saying Beata was bad, but I think you'll start to see, because the, the players that they've got, the young players that were that have come through since 2014 haven't quite stepped up as much as they should have like Thielmans and I've totally forgotten the left back's name but when they can get that left back solid standard Liege plays for I've just honestly completely forgot his name as opposed to having to play Chadley and Yannick Freya Carrasco as to be fair to be fair Chadley was decent mm. yeah I don't know I don't I th- he did well out of a bad situation but you really you could you got to find out at, mm. do you think um Martinez will still be manager at Euro twenty twenty. Um, probably, yeah, because he's not. He's not going to lose games with when you've got players that Hazard and De Bruyne in your team. You're not going to slip up in qualifying. No. Um, so you'd imagine unless he gets an offer from elsewhere, because he he was linked to the Spain job, but Luis Enrique got that job. So it'd be difficult to see because his stock has probably hasn't risen that much. And they probably did about par. Mm. I, the... I don't know. I think that 
everyone in Belgium was almost pleased with their World Cup to an extent. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously they would have liked to win it, but I think you've seen the the reception they got when they got home, and everyone was certainly mm-hmm. happy. Um, yeah. However, I think the main thing is that Scotland get to Euro twenty twenty. How good would <laughs> it be? I don't. I I know, but almost a wee bit. It'd be typical to qualify yeah. for a tournament where it'd be all over Europe, mm-hmm. and we played two of our games in Scotland, probably. Yeah, um, but I mean, regardless, mm-hmm. just get to a fucking major tournament mm-hmm. for a start. Another um, game would be in, I don't know, <laughs> Azerbaijan, probably. Yeah, I'd go. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, something to look forward to. And then we've got Qatar, which will be a fun World Cup in December. Yeah. Not late to drink. <laughs> My prediction is Scotland will qualify for this World Cup mm-hmm. and it will get cancelled. <laughs> yeah, delayed. And they have to requalify or something. They'll draw pot, draw um, draw lots, and Scotland <laughs> will be the one of the two teams to miss out. Um, Alphabetically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. And then after that, the next World Cup after that would probably be in USA. Yeah, but you can't say we're not positive on this yeah. podcast. 2030, please. 2030? Yeah, 2030. Yeah. Well, it's a, Scotland are apparently actually putting a bid in for that World Cup. Oh, right. well, well, with England and Wales as well, as we said. I don't think Scotland could um, yeah. host a World Cup on its own. Maybe uh, by then. <laughs> Maybe. Mm. Um, so, in fairness, Scottish football does need a strong Dungeon United, which it doesn't have at the moment. But by 2030, maybe Shabba would have taken us up by then. Yeah. Uh, we can get your hopes up. <laughs> no, I'm not. Um, considering... Uh, Hopefully Dundee United are getting beat as we do this podcast. Yeah, um, fingers crossed. Getting Ian Cathal still sacking. But anyway, some, yeah, it's not quite we've, somehow stuff, managed, we've somehow managed to go into Dundee United not getting promoted on a World Cup podcast. Yeah, because we're such a big team, mate. Always in the, the public eye. I think the viewers... Uh, the viewers have done oh, it are again. you doing it as well now? <laughs> the listeners will not um, be too happy with your Dundee United runs. Mm. Oh, they never are, so... What's changed? <laughs> Speaking of memorable moments like my rant, um, I picked out six here, and I would like you to pick one as your favourite. Right. If, okay. And it can you can it could be any other, and I would also like the listeners, not the viewers, to tweet in theirs as well. Uh, if you've made it this far, once again, I wouldn't blame you if you haven't. <laughs> um, but if you're still watching, um, the six I've gone through. That Iran against Spain, the throwing. <laughs> uh, for what it's worth, that's my that. that's my favourite one. That's excellent. We've got Ronaldo's hat trick. So the moment here is his free kick against Spain. Aye. Um, I know you've been replaying that one in your head, Ryan. You're a big Ronaldo boy, aren't you? Yeah, I know um, my phone. Mm, Germany getting knocked out. So the the ball tr- the ball rolling all the way up to Son. With no keeper, probably. Mm. Diego Maradona giving god. it the, the fingers, fingers of God. Yeah, <laughs> fingers of God. Killing Mbappe, just sprinting past the entirety of the Argentine oh, right, Argentine cool. population. And this is a wee bit different because it's not quite a moment, but Courtois tears at getting knocked up by France. There's sort of two nice. separate bits here saying he didn't like the way they played football. And he's come out saying he turned the game off in the 94th minute because he didn't want to see France celebrating. <laughs> Dearie me. 
Um, so, what's yours? We do, we do. I do love bitter um, after getting beat, but I think I'll go for uh, Maradona. Um, sort of rubbing it in whoever was giving him absolute stick in front of him because um, I think it's just what every single one of us would do if yeah, yeah. we'd scored up in the last minute in a game uh, absolutely brilliant mm. uh, one of those moments that will be not shown on TV highlights of the World Cup for obvious reasons but uh, certainly in fans' uh, sort of homemade videos of the World Cup because uh, I think that was just absolutely brilliant the fact <laughs> the fact that it was shown on live TV as well um, and then Gary Lineker tried to make a mockery of the, the absolute yeah. legend that is yeah. Diego Maradona yeah tried to make a mockery of a player that was just far him. far more better than him yeah and somebody's um, going to enjoy in his retirement as opposed to sticking out snarky tweets to the Scottish shun yeah the Scottish exactly. shun Scottish son. Because <laughs> um, we've been joined by Sean Connery on this podcast. <laughs> or what was the Dutch guy from Austin Powers? What was his name? No idea. Smoking a pancake. Yeah, I really think we should uh, move yeah, on. It's been a long World Cup, as <laughs> you can tell. <laughs> Too much time cooped up. Um, moving on from the best moment, Ryan, what was your favourite goal? Uh, I have gone for Benjamin Pavard v Argentina because nice, I nice, think nice. I just think the whole the beauty of it just the angle that everyone's seen mm-hmm. uh, the outside of the foot just curling into the top corner mm-hmm. uh, and the fact that he somehow um, topped Di Maria's goal that everyone thought was going to be a goalless uh, tournament contender mm-hmm. Uh, I managed to sort of beat it in the same game. Ah, it was uh, one that everyone's been watching over and over. I think it's yeah. definitely mine. No contention. Yeah, that probably was second of mine. But here's my contention: Ricardo Quaresma against Iran, outside of the foot. But this was a proper outside of the foot. None of this, just <sighs> up, just past the laces. This was proper Travella stuff, as it's called. Mm. I think to use the wanky term. Sorry, the Johnny Clark term. Um, an absolute oh screamer I adored it just such a nice goal ah, it was a good goal to be fair I think because I actually missed that game mm. so I think it was more the fact that I'd sat down yeah. and watched the, the France game that that one sticks in my mind but mm. aye, that, that was a pretty decent one as well who have you gone for the best haircut the big one the really big important award here uh, I went for is it Ochoa the Mexican keeper yep it is Aye, him. Just for his nice wee hair, uh, afro and hairband. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice and cute. Mm. Something very 80s American mum about him. <laughs> American mum? Yeah. Sure he wouldn't like to hear that? Yeah. Mm. Sure he's sitting crying into his, his luscious locks. My choice for best haircut. I was split between if, is this a really good haircut or a really bad haircut but I think to have it this long is admirable so I'll go for Vida the operation set and a half I, I don't is that Lord of yes. the Rings yeah you've but Ryan you've been warned about Lord of well, the Rings before I think it's actually a very very similar comparison um, and if you actually knew your uh, you knew your stuff you'd you'd laugh as well yeah. but the problem, the problem is, though, I've actually been outside oh, in my okay. life, so not not spent <laughs> okay. too much time watching Lord of the Rings. Um, but no, Vida, I think an, an undercut with a ponytail is um, 
to be admired. It's brave. Legends. Uh, moving on from one of the most respected awards to something a bit more trivial. What was your best uh, game? I just mentioned it there, but I went for the France-Argentina game. Uh, just because nice. of the goals. Um, quality of the goals. And just sort of the madness. Um Nah, it was definitely mm. one I sat down and enjoyed the most during the World Cup and there has been a few to be mm. fair so good competition but aye that comes out on top for me mm-hmm. I've gone for Spain 3 yeah, that was three. Uh, almost joint second for me just purely for the Ronaldo factor as well but aye mm. yeah I watched that one in a pub in Dundee after having a few shandies so Ronaldo's goal was already brilliant but just an absolutely amazing moment the pub erupted as well which didn't wouldn't really expect from a Spain-Portugal game but my goodness what a goal and what a man and what yes, a game I concur um, who was your worst player and I'm not talking about somebody who didn't get a game for Saudi Arabia I want someone who you expected quite a lot from and just was not very good. I mean, I didn't expect a lot from him. Um, but Mascherano, mm-hmm. who was probably uh, uh, the prime example of why you don't go to China and then come back and try and play mm-hmm. against players who are sort of playing their football at the top of the trade. It's just, he was absolutely mm-hmm. hoaching from start, the start to finish. <laughs> Disgraceful performance from him. And I think... Um, mm-hmm. People like Biglia sitting on the bench will be wondering how he can't get on the pitch mm-hmm. when Mascherano, who was misplacing every pass, just giving away... Uh, did he give away a penalty as well? I think he's just... Yeah, he looked he like did. he was basically a codger and he just... His time's up. Yeah. He did look like a 34-year-old centre-half playing yeah. in China playing in midfield in the best tournament in the world against ah, some of the best players. He was players. disgraceful, to be honest. But then, can you blame him? Can you blame the manager for putting him there in the first place? Yeah, it is pretty irresponsible but to then, play him. So, so right, so but often. then, so is wearing a V-neck t-shirt and Sampaoli also did that. So, yeah. not a lot to be expected from Sampaoli. Yeah. Including... <laughs> he looked like a bouncer, didn't he? <laughs> But not a nice one. Just one that you could just tell works at a bad, Aye. bad nightclub, and is power, power crazy. Aye. And uh, ended ended up with the uh, the players actually taking control of the dressing room. Apparently, if rumours to believe. Please. <laughs> so, yeah. aye, Mascherano, mine, and uh, some mm. Pauli can sort of feed into that. Mm. you have uh, heard about your worst kit. But what about your best kit? Um, my worst kit? I don't think I did my worst kit. All right. Sampaoli's. Oh, sorry. Aye. His V-neck t-shirt not to be uh, found in Primark stores near you. Um, <laughs> my best kit, <laughs> I went for uh, Columbia's. Uh, I just think nice, that yeah. the sort of the Adidas sort of come out on top with kit designs at the minute. And I think mm-hmm. just the, the nice, colourful... Um, Colours on the Colombian strip. <laughs> Colourful Colombian strip yeah. were excellent. I really liked it. Might buy it once it's reduced. Mm. My favourite is Belgium's home kit because I just think it would be so, so nice if it was Scotland's. Obviously, not exactly <laughs> the same, but I like the wee sort of tartan like design. Yeah, I'd on agree. It. You should. Uh, um, 
and it helps you get in touch with Adidas. They might um, be forthcoming. Mm. Yeah, might write a couple of letters. Get no response. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. And, I think I probably know who you're going to say here, but who's your worst team? Uh, Argentina. Yeah, that's uh, well. just like one of the worst World Cup performances um, I've ever seen from one of the the so-called big teams, shall we say? It was just an absolute grind from start to finish. Um, and mm. uh, while they looked like they were going to go out the group stages, I don't think they were ever going to get past France. Um, I mean, the scoreline in that game is is weird. It actually looks like they were in the game, but they just weren't at all. Um, mm-hmm. Just their, their performance against Iceland was rotten. Um, they were lucky to go get a win against Nigeria, and against Croatia. I mean, I think the scoreline just speaks for itself. I think Croatia totally dominated, um, and they just they just didn't look like they knew how to play football uh, with all the sort of mm. quality players they have on their team. I mean, admittedly, it is a bit top-heavy, but still, um, you'd think that mm-hmm. with Aguero, Messi, Higuain, Dybala in the team, that they'd at least mm-hmm. look good, but they weren't. Mm-hmm. There was two things that seriously annoyed me about Argentina. The first one was they'd spent a lot of money and worked really, really hard to get some Paulo in. <laughs> Because um, Sevilla had a clause in his contract that he couldn't go to certain clubs, I think Barcelona were one of them. Um, or he, if he did go to these clubs, they'd have to pay a different amount of compensation, quite considerably more. And one of them was Argentina. Um, so this was co- came at massive cost to get this guy in, who was um, quite highly thought of uh, after doing so so well at Chile, and then doing reasonably well at Sevilla before uh, going. And he was just bad. He was so bad, and I think people kind of forgot how bad they were in the in the um, qualification. And they only just got through thanks to Messi's brilliance, and that's the other reason it annoys me. Messi just does not deserve a team that bad behind him. He played with a decent Barcelona side who did really well in the league, but weren't anything exciting and relied so heavily on him. It would have been nice if they could have found a way to make it work. Because they do have good players. They do Obviously, they've got brilliant strikers, and everyone knows that. The fact that they left Icardi at home, the joint top goal scorer in Italy, shows how good their strikers are. And I don't think you can have any qualms with the players they did pick up front. But it's, it, as we said, it was like playing Marshall on midfield. And they've got players like Lo Celso, who plays for PSG, okay, not every week, but he plays in a similar position. He played whole midfield quite a lot last season in Paris. Um, why you wouldn't give someone like that a chance? But especially after seeing how bad Marshall was, it wasn't as if. It was a one-off against France. He was just so, so bad. Um, and it's just so annoying that this is going to be me- like Messi's last World Cup at that level. He's very surprised if he's still playing and scoring as many goals as he is in four years' time. I think he probably still will go unless he's injured um, or retired. I could conceivably see him having been retired. But um, it just it just seems so disrespectful to the uh, and having those players around him, um, the back line was so poor, uh, and it all boils down to Sampaoli and Argentina FA. Firstly, for hiring Sampaoli, and then secondly, Sampaoli allowing 
just players, just I think disrespect Messi. <laughs> oh dear, right. Well, once you've uh, ripped down your Messi fanboy posters and taken some Pauli <laughs> off your dartboard, I think we can move on. Mm. I, actually, Sam Pauli would be safe on my dartboard if anyone seen me play. Um, but no, it's just you've seen at least in Portugal. Okay, they're not. I would say the, the players that Portugal have got, they're probably right. better balanced. But I wouldn't say there's much of a difference between them and the Argentine Argentine players. Um, but you can tell that they're working really hard and they're playing to a system that suits right. We don't have to give the ball to Ronaldo all the time, which is what Argentina yeah. did with Messi. But it is still geared around him being in a place where he can score all the goals, which is what he's best at. Okay, maybe Messi doesn't need to be in, in a position to score every time he can create them himself. But they were just so, so reliant on a player who is obviously one of, if not the best player of all time. But they were playing balls into him, expect him, when he was marked by three, four, five players at a time, particularly against Iceland. That was infuriating, that game. Um, and it's just because they had no idea what to do. And these aren't players that are just plucked from obscurity. There are players there that have played at a decent level and, and do play at a decent level. Uh, and they just didn't know what to do other than give it to Messi. And I think there is... There needs to be some sort of branch and re- review of Argentine football because it's a disgrace that they were so, so bad with a player of Messi's quality in it and a surrounding cast of Aguero, Higuain, even Di Maria, who's probably not been that good for the last three years, but still players that just do not deserve to be in a team that bad. That was uh, my first team. Uh, <laughs> I, I agree. It, would, it might actually benefit mm. Argentina if they left some of these guys out just to sort mm. of get a bit more balance but then it comes down to the fact that they, they weren't good enough in midfield um, mm-hmm. and they don't have the players in midfield to, to cope with the sort of higher echelons mm-hmm. of the tournament as was shown against their performance against Croatia where they were completely overrun um, mm-hmm. so yes they are good on paper going forward but I think they just need to find a bit more Sort of depth in the midfield to sort of mm-hmm. uh, re restate their sort of world dominance or sort of even presence on the world stage because they've become a bit of a laughing stock this um, World Cup and that's them now lost four mm-hmm. major finals in a, a row is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that wasn't quite a final that they got to. No, but still, I think it is. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah oh yeah. Of course. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So they've lost the last four finals and sort of completely flopped at this one. It, it stinks of sort of a backward spiral, mm-hmm. um, especially the mm-hmm. fact that players like Aguero, Higuain and Messi won't be at the next World Cup. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I could see Messi still going. I'd imagine I'm not he's sure, but he's be... retired from Argentina uh, once. So I certainly wouldn't be surprised if he'd done it again, yeah. especially the state that they're in. Mm-hmm. I think it depends who they get in. I'd like to see Tata Martino come back because um, I think him and Messi got on in terms of Messi was allowed to do what he wanted with players around him who uh, understood that while he's a good player you don't have to give them the ball to him mm. every single time. Um, the last award in our illustrious ceremony is that, I know this is quite a long title so bear with me, who gets the Real Madrid move um, for not for having a good tournament but not necessarily being that good? Uh, just Ryan. assuming that you by Real Madrid move you don't actually mean Real Madrid. 
not necessarily, but a move that they do not or aren't capable of playing that well. They've had a good three, four, five, six. Yeah, I'm going to go with Rebic, who, I mean, in fairness, was absolutely sensational. Um, but as yeah. you say, you can't really base a player upon a six or seven games. Um, and mm-hmm. what? He has come off the back of a good season. True. Frankfurt. Um, so may- maybe uh, my knowledge of German football isn't um, quite Johnny's, mm. shall we say. But uh, Christ, that's three mentions for the <laughs> podcast. Yeah, we really need to stop. He'll uh, just feed in his own ego. Um, I know. I'm picking <laughs> off already. But I'll, I'll, I'll go with Rebic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can understand your point there, but I've gone somewhere a wee bit closer to home. I've gone Harry Maguire. Um, while I do think he is quite a capable centre half, and you saw that he was sort of capable of putting the ball at the back, and given the size of his head, he is quite a threat going forward. But I I do have a feeling that, and it's begun already. He's been linked with Man United, um, and I do think they've already got someone who's of a similar level in Phil Jones and Chris Smalling. Um, he's not the player that Man United need to no. take him to the next level. Um, and I just I do see this being continued awesome and I don't necessarily know if you'll get it but um, because of the euphoria and over over rating over rating around the England team um, <laughs> he uh, he will be one of those players because there's not a lot of the players given that you'd imagine all of them probably bar Kane are limited to playing in England or will limit themselves to playing in England um, so there's not a lot of room for them to move, given the top six teams are all fairly similar. Uh, Harry Maguire is one that I could see making a jump into that top six, and he probably isn't no. quite that good enough, particularly when you think the fee's probably going to be between 30 yeah. and 50 million. That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So I think with that, I think that brings an end to not just the rewards, but this quite short podcast um, we will be back soon with a league cup and a sort of league preview specials obviously before the league season starts we'll hopefully get to you soon just depends on when everyone's free really um, thank you no Ryan, for joining um, me it's been fantastic speaking mm-hmm. about um, this World Cup which I have to say I've thoroughly enjoyed um, surprisingly I didn't think yeah. I'd enjo- I would enjoy it as much um, reignited my yeah. love for football Oh, that's nice. That's. I see a nice heartwarming yes. note to end on. Um, yeah, it has actually been a pleasure doing these. Um, sometimes we be hard to organise, but. Hint, hint, hint to those who are still listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but if you've been watching us, yep, watching, or listening to us this long, thank you very much, and we'll speak to you very very soon. Goodbye. Feel the magic in the air. Hey! Magic system. Rebel. Shawty.